After we've discussed the mitzvah of Kedushin, of Eresin, the Tekes of the Kedushin, and the Eresin, we discussed exactly what Nesuin is, and then we discussed the week of Shabbat Interestingly enough, the halachas of Nesuin obviously have bearing on the day of the wedding. The week, the Shavua of the wedding, the week of Shabbat it also has halachic ramifications for 30 days after the wedding. Certain halachas are permitted for those 30 days. But there's also a halacha of Yud Beis Chodesh, of 12 months. The Torah says, Ki ikach ish isha chadasha, lo yitzei batzava, v'lo yavor alav l'chol davar. Naki yiyah leveito shana achat, v'simach ez ishto ashalakach. When a man takes a new wife, he should be clean, innocent, pure to his house for one year. Vesimach seems to mean that he should make his wife happy. Rashi points out the word Vesimach is piel. And Rashi on Chumash explains Yesameach et Ishto. He should cause his wife to be happy. As the Targum translates, the Yahade Yat Itate. He should make his wife Chedva. Happiness, Yat Itate, his wife. Ishto. Vamatagain. The Yatate Im Achte, the one who translates the text as saying that he should be happy together with his wife, Toei. Toehu is mistaken. Sheinze Tilgum shall besimach, elavishal besamach. Rashi says, translation that he would be happy with his wife would mean that the word is v'samach at ishto. He should be happy together with his wife. Whereas the real text is v'simach at ishto shalakach, he should make her happy. Interestingly enough, of course, in the brachos that we make at the Shem brachos, we say m'sameach chaslan imakala. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is m'sameach chaslan imakala, the chaslan with the kala. But the chasen has a specific mitzvah according to the pshut el shamikra. According to the simple pshat of the pasuk, a husband has the obligation to do things to cause his wife happiness the first year of marriage. A fellow once asked me, a shayla that appears in halacha, if a year as this year is going to be a shanam uberet, a year which has an extra month, 13 months, so does this halacha apply to a year? Namely, if a person would get married in Rosh Chodesh Teves. So then, he has until next year, Rosh Chodesh Kislev, is 12 months. So that's the halacha v'simach et ishto ashalakach. Or is it because it's a Shana Mubarat, it's a 13-month year, and the, what, the year ends Rosh Chodesh Teves. This question, of course, how we determine what a year is for the purpose of of Shanam Uberet, of a year which has the extra month of Adar, is not our concern. But it's interesting enough that this question can be asked in any question where we have a discussion of a year. Of course, I turned to the, the person in question, I said, I don't understand. You're asking me if you should stop making your wife happy. It's true, it's the mitzvah of the Simach of the but to ask me when it's over seems to be uh, too much of a halachic uh, technicality rather than understanding the idea behind the halacha itself. The Nitziv, in his Teirish and Chumash, 
has a novel interpretation of this mitzvah. The Nitziv says in his Chumash, in his Perush and Chumash called Ha'amek Davar, that the mitzvah is not at all upon the Chatan. Ha'emet, says the Nitziv, the Piresh v'simachet ishto eno ela rashut. The Pshuto shal mikra, the Pshat of the Pasuk says the Nitziv, is that he does not have to make his, cause his wife to be happy. He has to be enabled, he has to be allowed to make his wife happy. Even though the Jews never have to go to war, he is allowed to stay home. It's not that he's required to be Mesameach, his wife, but he's allowed to stay home that year in order to be Mesameacher. And he says, because the Pasuk says, He's not allowed to be called away. The person in charge of the army who would call him away is enjoined from doing this during the first year of marriage in order to allow him the opportunity to be home with his wife to make his wife happy. According to the Nitziv, it seems that there's no obligation at all on the Chatan. The obligation is only on the Mephaket. The commentators of the Nitziv, well, people who really commented on the Yireim, the Nitziv said this is the, the opinion of the Yireim, of Rebelezer Mimitz. If you look in standard editions of the Yireim, it's hard to see why the Nitziv thought so. And the commentaries on the Nitziv, the Perush called Savi Vilireyav, and other Perushim, say that uh, they don't understand where the Nitziv got this idea from. So let's try to see the classic sources and see how they really determine, how they really define this halacha. The Rambam in Sefer HaMitzvah says, Mitzvah Shin Yud Aleph. This is the Mitzvah Lota Asay Shin Yud Aleph. The Mitzvah Lota Asay, Heziranu mehotziach atan mi beto shana achat kula, letorach meatrachim. Lo latzava velo lezulato. The Rambam in the beginning seems to say exactly what the, what the Nitziv did say. We were enjoined from taking the Chatan out of his house for an entire year for any, any effort. He should not go either for the army or for anything else. We should remove him from any burden in order to allow him to be Mesameach's wife. But at the very end of this mitzvah, the Ramam adds, Veda, I'd like you to be aware, Ki achatan atzmo gamkein muzar milatzat mi beito. This love, this isr, is not just on the mefakeid, it's not just on the king or the commander, it's on the chatan himself. He's not allowed to leave. Klamar, lalechet b'schora kol shenato. To leave his house, the entire, to go on a business trip for the entire year. It seems from the Rambam that getting married is almost like a prison sentence, at least for one year. You can't go at all. Uh, you can't go away for a night at all. The, the halacha in, actually involves two different isuim. According to the Rambam, it's one lotase, but the lotase is termed 
to the Mephakeh, as well as to the Chatan. There are two different people who are commanded in this mitzvah. The person who would cause the Chatan to leave, and the Chatan himself to leave. And the Rambam here did not give any specific heter. He did not say, well, there, there might be exceptions to the rule. He just said that you're not allowed to leave. You're not allowed to cause him to leave, and he's not allowed to leave. But we should point out, again, that the Rambam, when he defined the halacha, originally, he said the Easter applies to the one who takes him out. But he says, but we should be aware that the halacha applies to the Chatan as well. And again, we point out that there's no specific heter. The Sefer Achinoch, who generally follows the opinion of the Rambam, says, in Mitzvah Tavkuk Payalif, Again, from the phraseology, it says, That's the Hagdara, that's the definition. But when it comes to the exact Halacha, it seems that he says the opposite of the Rambam. The Chatan is not allowed to leave his house all year. It means to go on a trip. It doesn't mean he's not allowed to go, let's say, to the city or downtown to do some, go to his office. He's not allowed to go away on a, on a long trip. But according to the Chinuch, when he defines the mitzvah, it seems to be that the Easter is on the Chatan. But then he also adds, The commander of the army is also enjoined not to take him out against his will. No one is allowed to take him out of the house to go to war, to do something else for military purpose. The Chinuch learned like the Rambam, but it seems that the order is backwards. According to the Rambam, it seemed that the basic Isar is on the Mephakeh, on the commander, but the Chatan is also involved. Whereas according to the Chinuch, it seems backwards. The Chatan is the basic Isar, but it also in, involves the officer. But then, he said, the Chinuch says there's not just a mitzvah lotasei, there's a mitzvah asei as well. In mitzvah tav kuf pei bet, he says, Now, since there's no vowels when you read this text, and even those people that put in the text, that put in vowels, I can't swear where they got their idea from, I could read it, The Chatan should make her happy, or That he should be happy together with her. Remember, the Rashi said the mitzvah is, V'simach and not v'samach. Here, you could read mitzvah sheyismach chatan imishto or sheyismach chatan imishto. It seems that it's more correct grammatically to read sheyismach chatan imishto. In any event, we see that the Rambam, the Chinuch, Rashi, all learned that there is a chiv on the chatan. The chiv on the chatan is an iser, and according to the Chinuch, there is also a mitzvah, and that makes the Nitziv's comment very, very strange. The Nitziv said he doesn't think Pshut El Shamikra includes the Chatan at all. It's only an Isra and Mephakeh. And as I said before, the different commentators and Achronim took the Nitziv to task that he seems to have been oblivious to the comments of the Rishon. In the Chinuch, there, in this mitzvah, there is something 
beyond the actual technical halacha. There are reasons for the halacha, and then he has additions. Let's look at them. Mishar mitzvah. The idea behind the mitzvah. The Chinuch says the idea behind the mitzvah is that a Baruch Hu wants people to get married, and he wants the weddings and the, to be happy. He wants people to live together and get to know each other. They we will, in the beginning, you would assume with the first year of marriage, they don't know each other as well as they will know later. And they have to simply get used to each other, which will increase the lo- their love. And because of that, the husband will really dedicate his life to his wife. As it says, the davak ishto, he will cling to his wife, and therefore it's fitting and proper for them to stay together for the first year and not go to war or to any other purpose. He says that this law applies at the time of the Beis HaMikdash for the poor purpose of war. But it applies anytime. It's not just a halacha of war. It's for any reason. A chatan should not go to leave his house and therefore it applies at all times and all places. The Satmi Rebbe in his book, Vayor Moshe, in a very anti-militaristic approach to the state of Israel, he said this halacha does not apply because Jews don't go to war, we shouldn't go to war, we shouldn't have an army, etc., etc. But of course, the Chinuch said this mitzvah, even if you forget about the military aspect of the mitzvah, the mitzvah applies at all times and all places. But then the Chinuch goes on to add a halacha that we should really try to understand. The Chinuch says, if somebody leaves, a person transgresses the Sisr, and he left his wife, he goes away for Yamin Rabim for many days. Now this is a very indefinite sentence. What does it mean for many days? He's allowed to go for a day, he's allowed to go for two nights, he's allowed to go for a week. For a, that, it's very unclear. But he just says that for many days. This does leave us a, a, a sort of a solution to what I said before. He's getting married in prison. You can't go away for an evening. Let's say a person has a business trip that he must go away to. So we'll get back to that later. But for a short trip, the Chinook seems to say it's permitted. Even an overnight trip, but a short trip. But then he adds one more comment. And she can't even mochel. That is an interesting point. If the purpose would be to make her happy, then why can't she be mochel? It's like any other mitzvah ben Adam that the chaver can be mochel. It's like any other mitzvah. I owe somebody to somebody else. He can wave it. He can say, I, I don't want it. Why would the Chinuch think that a woman cannot be mochel? So, we might suggest, based on the reasoning that the Chinuch gave to this mitzvah, the idea of it is that God is interested in them being together. God is interested in, in, this, in this marriage becoming a binyan adayad, becoming a, a, an eternal admeyavayasrim. Until 120, they should live together in harmony and happiness. And the Torah thought that the way to ensure this 
is by making sure the first year they stay together, get to know each other better, and not split up, not go away for a, a, a trip. If that would be true, it's a real mitzvah ben adam lamakam. It's not really just ben adam lachaveru. It's a ben adam lamakam halacha. And therefore, her mechila would not work. The same question, by the way, had been asked about the topic we discussed last week. There's halach of shavabrachis. The week of the Shavua, the week, the week that the, the uh, after the wedding is called the week of Shavabrachis. During that week, the chassan doesn't go to work. Now, there are two explanations why he doesn't go to work. One is because he has to take care of the kala, stay together with her for the first week. As I said, there's a week, and there's a month, and there's 12 months. But there's also a lacha that chatan do melech. A chatan is, has a, a regal appearance during the week of Shavabrachis. And it's not appropriate for him to go to work. The question here would be if the wife would tell him to go to work. Would he be permitted? According to the reasoning that he is like a king, I would imagine that what she says would have no bearing. If you say that it's to make her happy, then this we would go back to what the Chinuch said. Then maybe wouldn't help. Maybe she can't be mochel. The question, of course, in our century, in our generation, has been asked differently. A chatan doesn't go to work. What about the kala? Today, many kalot have very uh, fine positions, and sometimes they find it rather difficult to take off a whole week from their job. And I've been asked this question, if a, if a kala is allowed to go to work. If the iser only applies to the chatan, then the kala is allowed to go to work in the first place. But, of course, if she's allowed to go to work, it would seem strange that he's not allowed to go to work. He, she goes to work and he has to stay home and wait till she comes home to work. The whole idea is to be l'sameh, If she's not there, I question whether he would have to be there. On the other hand, if you learn, maybe she's Malka, the whole issue might be different, but that question would require further analysis. In any event, the Chinuch here said that she cannot be mocha. But then he went on to say, umikomakam, it seems to me, says the Chinuch, that if somebody wants to go away for a mitzvah, then it's permitted. Now, of course, when we discuss a mitzvah, what would be a mitzvah that we could talk about? One of the obvious questions would be to go to, to learn, to go to a yeshiva. I've known people in the history of the world that I'm not talking about the first year of marriage, but later on in life, they spent a whole week in yeshiva, they only come on for Shabbos. Would that be permitted in Shana Rishona? Whether it's a good idea or not the whole year round is a different question. But whether it's halachically approved is our issue right now. The Shechinuch says you're allowed to go, the divine mitzvah. Then he also says another heter, which I really find surprising. I can somehow understand the heter of going to Lidvar Mitzvah. A person wants to go away for it with his friends. He has a bunch of bachelors. Or even a group of young marrieds. They want to go away together on a fishing trip or a golfing trip, wherever they want to go. He says, it seems to me that that's, this is not abrogating the mitzvah. In other words, they're allowed to go. I find that very strange. I can understand the Tzorach Mitzvah. Apparently, the Chinuch learns that 
as I said before, marriage, even the first year of marriage, is not jail. You don't have to stay home the whole year round. Basically, you have to be home to take care of the of your wife, to have a, build a solid foundation of, of of a marriage. But that doesn't mean you can't go away for a few days. You go away for a few days, might be looking for almost any reason, even the reason of going to spend some time with your friends. The 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 chasam sofer in the tshuva number kufnun hey says that for Tamil Torah it's definitely permitted and he quotes the Gemara that about people who left went to learn so he says for sure it's you're allowed to go to learn it's certainly not a problem but then he also says if a person has been in business let's say he was a traveling salesman and he got married and the Kala knew that he was a traveling salesman so he says of course he's allowed to leave because she understood when she got married that he won't stay with her the whole time he has to go in business. In general, the, uh, the idea of business trips has been a topic of discussion that many people say business trips are mutter in the first place. In the footnotes of the edition of the Sefer uh, uh, of the Sefer HaChinuch, uh, the Machon Yushalim edition, they have a footnote where they quote the, the, the Radvaz, and he says, the community cannot force him to go. He doesn't have to go to war or for any community responsibility. But if it's necessary for him, for him himself, for his own personal needs, of course he can go. The idea is just to make his happy, his wife happy. To make a living is making her happy. A person who doesn't have a living, his, his wife is going to be sad. So the, 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 they give a heter to go for business trips. And the Minchas the, 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 um, the, the, the Sofer says that, of course, if that's his trade, and she knew it's his trade. Of course, this argument of the, of the Chassam Sofer would only work if you assume that Mechila works. Either one of two things. Either you say that the Easter never included going on business trips, short business trips, or you would say that even if the business trips are permit are, are really usher, but she has the right to be mochel. She wants to be happy. She will define how the happiness is. And either way, it seems that this would be against what the chinuch said. It would not seem to be in accordance with the Rambam either. The Rambam did not give any specific hetayim for going for leaving. The this issue, of course, whether. Uh, Chassan has to stay home for the year and exactly the definitions is based, our discussion has been based on Mishonim. I have not found a major discussion of these points within the Gemara. The Gemara just pointed out the difference between war and perhaps preparations for war. But these definitions that we've used the Mishonim for, I've, not, I've only found in Mishonim. And basically there are short comments made in Mishonim. As has been the custom in our century, every or many halachic topics that are rather brief in their scope in Talmudic literature have been expanded, and today we have major volumes dealing with one specific issue of Jewish law. One of the examples that people like to quote is that the laws of Svirah Saomer, 
which have three halachas or so in the Rambam, that's all there are. Three halachas or so in the in the Hilchos Tzmidim and Musafim, the Rambam very briefly points out the laws of Sviyas Omer. And today you can have a four or five hundred page book about Sviyas Omer. Whether this is good, bad, excellent, unbelievably beautiful, that I concept of Hachava Satora, of Yagdil Torah, of Yagdil Torah is spread and grown, is something that uh, perhaps we should think about. In this topic as well, there is a complete book. I didn't see how many pages there are in the book. The book is in the Yeshiva library, but I, I'm here with, in London without the library, and I couldn't check the book. But I know it's a very thick book, all dedicated to the mitzvah of Shana Rishonah. There he raises almost every possible hakira, almost every possible question you can imagine, and I assume many that you can't imagine. But I'd like to specifically relate to one of them. In the first chapter of that book, he raises the issue if this chiyuv is on the, on, the, on the husband only or on the bride as well. And he says, Most opinions are this mitzvah was given to the chatan. However, one of our early sources said that this halacha applies to the kala as well, but people have questioned this. Who are those people? The footnotes quote, the Kesser Torah of Rav David Vital, the Vital family, the Kabbalists of the Vital family are well known, and in the Kesser Torah of David Vital, he said that women are obligated in this mitzvah. Why would women be obligated in the mitzvah? The Torah certainly phrases it only in terms of the husband. Maybe only in terms of the mefakeh. But where do we get the kal involved at all? One could suggest, of course, that according to the chinuch, it really does make sense. We discussed for a moment if a kala during the Shavua of Shevabrachis, during the week of Shevabrachis, if the kal is allowed to go to work. But we saw the shorish of the mitzvah. We saw the root of the mitzvah in the in the Sefer HaChinuch, where the Sefer HaChinuch said the point of the mitzvah is that they build a happy marriage together. It is God's will that they live together in order to get to know each other, in order to build the foundations for happy marriage. Why should the chaslan be more required to do this than the kala? it really would make sense that they're both equally commanded. There might be another reason why the Kala would be involved in this mitzvah. In any mitzvah where two people are involved and you need two people to fulfill this mitzvah, we would raise the issue that even though only one of them seems to be commanded, it's inconceivable and incongruous that the other side would not be involved in this mitzvah at all. I'll give you a few examples. We follow the Mishnah and Yuvamis. We paskin that a man is required to fulfill the mitzvah of Pruervu. But a woman is parted from this mitzvah. Now obviously, without a woman, a man cannot fulfill this mitzvah. 
Would someone then say, well, the woman's really not obligated? Perhaps she's not directly required to fulfill Purvu, but she's certainly involved in the mitzvah and in a certain sense may be commanded as a partner to fulfill the mitzvah of her husband since he couldn't fulfill it without her. So maybe she is partially required. The same concept would be by Kiddushin. The mitzvah of the Torah, as we've been discussing for weeks, is kiyikach ish isha. The man takes a wife. The mitzvah, if there is a mitzvah, seems to be on the husband. Now, let us recall that the first Mishnah in the second parak of Kedushin says that a man can send a shaliach, a man can send an agent to give Kedushin to a, the bride. And similarly, the wife can send a shlichah, she can, or a shaliach, she can send a shaliach to accept the Kedushin from the husband. The Gemara says that even though that is true, mitzvah bo yosem bishlucho. It is better for him to be involved in the mitzvah than for her, than, than to send a shaliach. But the Gemara says the same thing, mitzvah bo yosem bishlucho. The Gemara says it's better for her to be involved in the mitzvah than to send a shaliach. Now, if she's not involved in the mitzvah at all, why would you say mitzvah bo yosem bishlucho? So the Ran, or not Gemara, and the Ran and Shuvas as well, emphasizes the point that the mitzvah woman really is involved in Kiddushin. And therefore, to a certain extent, the mitzvah does apply to her, and therefore, mitzvah bayas and bishlucha. The Sefer Haredim has said that it, the mitzvah of Birchas Kohanim is not just in the Kohanim, but there's a mitzvah on the Jews, on the Am Yisrael, to hear the brachas. Now, the mitzvah in the Torah is stated only to the Kohanim. Amar Elohim, you have to tell them. Why should there be a mitzvah in the Israel to receive the bracha? But perhaps the same idea is there also. Since the Kohen cannot fulfill the mitzvah without the Yehudiya mit barech, without the person who's getting the bracha, so he is also involved. So it's somewhat of a mitzvah for him as well. The last example that I'd like to give is found in the Kleichemda. The Kleichemda of Rabbi Meir Dan Platsky says that women are not required to go to war. According to those people that predicate the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, they understand the mitzvah of living in Eretz Yisrael is not to, just to live there, but to conquer Eretz Yisrael, then people have argued that women should be exempt from that mitzvah. Women do not go to war. Says the Klichemda in Parshas Masay, since it's impossible to fulfill the mitzvah of Yishuv Eretz Yisrael, unless families come to live in Eretz Yisrael, Therefore, women and men are obligated in this mitzvah equally. So this might be another reason for the opinion of, of Reb David Vital, that this mitzvah of l'sameach hasan imakala is, or l'smoach hasan imakala is not just a chiyuv on the, on the husband, but it might be on the kala as well. As I said, most people have disagreed, and they've argued whether the mitzvah is on the chasan primarily, on the mefakeh primarily, is it really on both? Or is it only on the Mephakeit? This we have seen a number of opinions. The last opinion that I said, that it's incumbent upon the wife as well, is one that I find very interesting, and I think we could make a good case for it. Nevertheless, it's basically been rejected by most of the postkins.